of Yahweh, the opportunity to share again in your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, for any that have an ear to hear, but listen to what's being said, listen to the message, and go, earnestly seeking your face, diligently studying your word, Father God, and pulling your truth, knowledge, and wisdom that you gladly share with us. It need be asked. That's it. And you will give, Father God. Abba Yahweh, Aman. Yeshua, Aman. Aman. So, that being said, I'm going to share with you something that um, there are some that won't get it and some that will and might be confused by how I'm saying this, but I'll explain it and clarify it so you have a, a good understanding. Um, this comes from uh, a an instructional period for in my class where I was very pleased that my lead pastor and my uh, my brother in Christ was a guest speaker, um, lecturer, but I, I even hesitate to throw that word because it was far more than a lecture. You get these um, ideals when you have, and I've shared this with you before, that some... some um, some supposed educators let's let's do that because that's a nice ambiguous way because then you can kind of separate folks out they'll they'll lecture speaking to you or down at you or they instruct period they don't they're not really teaching because they don't clarify anything they don't help you understand anything and i find that this is not the case with our pastor with Jamie, because he is, I've shared with you before, he does not dwell on the fact of his doctorate. And he is a humble man of God. And he loves to help people to understand the word. And this I, I love about the man. And I really, I try to emulate that. And this is what I do when I, when I share with you. I'm not just going to tell you things. And as I've expressed this with you before, I have this little mirror that floats around wherever I look. It's in front of my face so that I know that I am reflecting back of what I'm saying, not just to you all out there and folks sharing with you, but that it's coming back to me because I need to pay attention to what's being said and shared in the word of God too. And so it's a, it's a good thing. I like this. Um, and I bring this up because there's um, there's part of this uh, part of the lesson plan that he was pointing out, and I I took this because it's um, it's a really important aspect, and I think this is um, one of the things that Satan really likes to do. And um, I share with you that there's uh, there's danger in tacit knowledge. Now, what that means is the word tacit actually is um, comes from the Latin uh, tacitus, or silent. And then uh, the past participle of that is tacite. 
to have been silent. Um, and sometimes in relationship to that, it's, uh, it's uh, having an idea or a thought, but not knowing how to express it and share it. And this is why it's important as we were talking and discussing the unity and fellowship is important. And this will help to draw out that what you what you want to say and what needs to be shared or should be shared um, and not quite knowing how to do it and so that you can share with others and it can be it can help you to be elevated because sometimes when people um, get caught up in that, I find, and this is where uh, the enemy takes great delight in this, is that he gets you filled with this, um, remember I've shared with you that uh, the white noise interference, that he gets you to draw away from focusing on God and the important aspects of the unity and being brothers and sisters of one family and focusing and knowing the love of God and that his love was so powerful and so great. Um, and the idea of faith and understanding that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are a holy unity, a trinity, but in one. Part of the mystery of God, and the scriptures talk about this. Hard to understand and deal with, but the scriptures explain these things. And wherein a problem comes up is that individuals try to figure out the separation all the time. Okay. And one of the most important things I share with you all the time, and this is where the danger comes in, is trying to figure everything out with the finite minds that we have. It cannot be done because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't attain to understand or know the mystery of God. So stop trying to figure it out. But this is where I share with you where the danger comes in. And the danger being that you continually try to figure it out with your finite mind as if it needs to be done. And rather than having faith, you want to try to figure it out so that you can get it better understood so that you can better understand and you're getting away from the idea of faith. And this is what, where the danger comes in is that the, the Pharisees did this very thing. They were so self-absorbed and so arrogant and that they were the ones who had the education and knowledge. And Christ, Jesus, could poss not have possibly known everything that they know. And like they tried to throw up, you know, if you don't stop this, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to prosecute you under the law of Moses, and we're gonna have to bring you before the tribunal. And, and he simply responded, I am the law of Moses. And this, of course, brought them into a heated fur over Christ.
Christ, how could he claim to be this and blasphemy and all? And then, of course, it just kindled the fire higher. But the truth, the thing about Christ and speaking with them always was it is always truth, as opposed to a lie which must be covered by another lie, which then must be covered by another lie because none of those things are factual and they try to steer you away from figuring out that what was spoken initially was a lie and continually trying to cover up a lie with another lie and another. But when truth is spoken, truth will stand on its own. You don't have to come up with something to cover that up and cover that up and cover that up and then forget and you lose track of what you were lying about. When you just speak truth, you don't have to figure out any way to cover it up. Truth is truth. And as Christ tried to explain to the Sanhedrin and they totally didn't understand and he said, the reason you don't understand what I'm saying is because you don't speak the language of truth. You speak the language of your father, who was a liar and a murderer from the beginning, Satan. And that's what you believe is a lie. And there are so many people today that prefer a lie over the truth. I'm not quite sure I understand that, and I'm not going to try to figure it out because, quite honestly, it gives me a headache. But I look around, and I see all this, and they, they will believe a lie before they will believe truth. And they believe things that are being pandered to them, and they it's like a child with their favorite pudding and a spoon in each hand, and they just gobble it up. Even that which is not spoken, that tacit thought, that, un, that silent, unspoken that is often used and sort of alluded to, but never spoken, which in many cases in and of itself is a lie. But let me better see if I can better illustrate. Um, a lot of times you'll hear a couple will say something. Um, they'll say something um, like, well, oh, you know I love you. And maybe the wife has said to the husband or the husband has said to the wife, you don't ever tell me you love me. I haven't heard you say that in a long time or you don't tell me that anymore. And as they're getting ready to motor out the door, heading to work or whatever they're going to do, oh, you know I love you then why not just say it? On the, in this plane of existence, we have developed this, um, this necessity to hear these things, these affectionate words. And this is why it's important that rather than leaving this to be silent, that we openly state these things. We don't, we don't allow these tacit thought processes to continue. Um, see, this is, this is 
this is the delight of the enemy. This is the delight that, that Satan has and he uses his minions to get us to fold in and not express these things that we should. He wants them to stay silent. He doesn't want us to speak about them. He doesn't want me to be doing what I'm doing now, to be in the business of my father's business. Oh, and why do I come under such attack? And why are things so confounded at times and stirred up? Because he hates it. Well, that's okay by me. And thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be targeted and the opportunity to have <clears throat> the enemy so agitated and so upset. And I think I shared this word with you um, that he becomes so, um, what was, oh, now I've forgotten it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot the word that I was going to uh, share with you. Oh. Uh, to the great chagrin of the enemy. <laughs> I love that word, actually. And you, you, Okay, that means that he is so, he's so agitated, he's so irritated, and he's just annoyed with the fact that I'm sharing the word of God. I'm sharing God's truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom, because this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm about my father's business. I'm sharing that with you. It's not a silent or tacit thought. This is, I'm openly expressing to you and want you to understand that as we're told in John three sixteen, for God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that means anybody in this entire world it's possible to accept and believe. And contrary to what the pervert tries to teach and share is that God is using that as a form of blackmail to get you to accept and believe. No, uh, that's not true. If this person was a true preacher or pastor, he would be getting you to understand that this is a free will choice and that God the Father loves us so much that he gave us a free will choice, that he didn't make us robots. And as Paul reminds us in the book of Ephesians, and uh, Ephesians 3 is very uh, important to this. And Paul writes us to the letter, this letter to the church at Ephesus. And when he writes to the church and he reminds them in Ephesians 3, and we can find in Ephesians 3, and he talks about faith and he talks about this belief that we have and that we find this in Ephesians 3 and 17, specifically, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. By faith. And remember that we go back, and faith is an important aspect of what I share with you today. In Hebrews 11, 1. 
we find a very specific description of our faith and how faith should be within us and how we should share with others this fact. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. My hope in sharing the word of God and sharing this truth is that my heavenly home is obtained and that in sharing this, that it becomes part of anyone's life, the opportunity for repentance and redemption and that corrective measures are taken and can be readily done as I shared, you can, we can do it together now. You can do it when you have personal time with a close, dear friend that you prefer to share that time with. But all you have to do is just ask. Just ask. God loves us so much. All you have to do is ask. And he, he is our good, good heavenly father. And that by this faith, we know and have Christ indwelling in us. And that by that same faith that we know and understand the fact that God loves us so much. And that we cannot, with our finite minds, come to understand the immense love and un undiscernible depth of that love except by faith. For God so loves the world. That's power. That's powerful. And the same love was the power that raised Christ from this physical distance and this existence in this plane that we're on, that he was killed here. He was buried here. And the power of that love, that same love, he rose on the morning of the third day as he said he would. Temple will be rebuilt in three days. Pharisees didn't understand that and the disciples didn't understand it until he explained it to them. But again, this is because their, their finite minds were trying to comprehend everything on, on their thought process and they had no idea about what Jesus was sharing with them. There were a couple that really did try to. Nicodemus and uh, Shul. And there were some that were listening to what Jesus was saying. And they were students of Nicodemus, who was their uh, teacher and educator in the, in the Sanhedrin. <clears throat> and they listened to what he was saying and teaching. And his thought was that there is more to this mystery of God than just what they've been told. And he had problems because, of course, the Sanhedrin being 
the political stepping block it was. But this is what our faith does. It takes us to that. So that we can, which is what I'm trying to do, which I want to do, is I want to step off into the deep end. I want to step off in that deep water. Why? Because my faith tells me that God's going to take me out and help me swim. And kind of like when I was a kid and and I had faith in, in those that were teaching me that go ahead and jump off in that deep water. It's okay. I'll be fine. They'll help me. They'll take care of me. And my father, as I shared with some of you, my earthly father, I didn't even know he didn't know how to swim until quite late in his life and just before he passed there were a lot of things I didn't know but I had faith in him because he would tell me he would have me he would take care of me and I believe what he told me he didn't show me any reason that I shouldn't my faith in my heavenly father the empirical evidence that I have seen, experienced, and know, I can't argue against it. I can't. It would be fruitless and foolish to do so. Because it has shown the basis of my faith that thing that I have seen and experienced so many times and so much of this and and Jesus in John 17 shares this in his prayer and he's sharing that he is intertwined with God and that we as his disciples are in him He's in God, God's in him, therefore in us, because we are his. Uh, he shares this in John 17, and um, I'm going to share John 17, 9, I think is a good place, because um, no, I'm actually going to back up. John, um, Jesus is praying. So I think it's important that you go to John 17 and just, it, it would be best to read it in its entirety because John, Jesus is praying. And um, he's praying to God. He's praying to our Heavenly Father. And he was looking up to heaven and praying this. And he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. What's Jesus saying? That he came and he was sharing this and that those that were believing in what he was sharing was believing that our heavenly father indeed is love and does love us and that they can attain this repenting and redemption and they can be saved. 
And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Anointed of God was sent here to this plane of existence so that we would have that opportunity. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self for the glory which I have with thee before the world was. Remember in John 1, 1, the word was with God, the word was in God, God was the word, and the word was made manifest in Christ Jesus. This is why I tell you, and I've shared with you, that the enemy knows scripture. His demons know scripture. Why? Because they used to live in heaven. And Christ shared with us in Luke, he said, I... I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. He was there when it happened. He saw it happen. And Satan and his, and his demonic followers, his demons, they used to live there, so they know scripture. And they know, and they will twist it, manipulate it, and get you to think on these things and manipulate your thought process. Don't be fooled, brothers and sisters. Be bold, courageous, and stand upright and have faith in your heavenly Father. Further in verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. His disciples, you're teaching them, and they were paying attention. They were hanging on everything that, that Jesus had to say. Now they have known that all things whatsoever the house given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came from thee. Thou they have believed that thou didst send me. Jesus didn't keep things away from us. And he didn't keep things away from his disciples who were walking with him. It wasn't just, he didn't, well, you know, you see, I'm here. You should know that. And then continue on and go do something else. He never spoke to us that way. Jesus was a teacher. He was not just a lecturer and not just an instructor. I'm going to say again, verse 8, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in this world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. One in the spirit, one in the family, in unity. Sharing one with another. Brothers and sisters, this is an important aspect of our walk as true believers, 
true Christians, not label heads and not self-proclaimed, but true believers and true Christians. And I'm going to share here in John 17. And he shares, and this is other places in the scriptures, we are told that we are in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. And Jesus expressly shares that here in 17 verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And Christ has been described in the scriptures and expressed this, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and the light of men. To shed that light through his truth. And as I've shared with you before, when and just a little bit ago, that he tried to express this with the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, and they didn't want to hear it. Because they're not, they don't want to hear truth because they don't speak truth. So, of course, they don't understand. It's a foreign language to them. Because they're so used to confounding lies with more lies. And this is what they believe. And just as Jesus told them, our Christ, Lord Jesus and they didn't want to hear it. It just served to make them angrier because they were so caught up in the lies. But here again, a reminder of this. What John writes in chapter 1, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. They didn't understand Christ, because he brought truth and for so long I've been so content with lies and the enemy which we have which is real very real Satan likes to manipulate our thought process he loves to get us to think and he infiltrates and gets us to overthink, which is the problem that many of us have. I tend to overthink things. And why? Because I believe I'm going to be able to figure it out. Well, guess what? Let me enlighten you on this. <laughs> you won't. And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Why is it that we have to always believe or seem to Always try to figure so much out and it has to be 
relative to our thought. Why? Why is that necessary? Or why do we perceive it to be necessary? It's not. Truly, it's not. Not necessary at all. And there's not a reason that we need to be So here's something David wrote. Let's jump up here to Psalm. And here, this is uh, David's poems and songs God took great delight in, and we should as well, because they're, it, things that he writes are beautiful. But here's something for you. And ponder this and think on this. In Psalm 1611, David is writing this to God. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Faith in my heavenly father, in his joy. And what was that? Uh, there was a song that we used to sing as a, as a young person in church, um, joy unspeakable and full of glory is, and this is attainable in faith in God and something that is very hard to understand. And Satan loves to get us confounded and get us to overthink this. How can you have joy when there is so much wrong that's going on around you. Well, don't be caught up and focusing on all those things that are going afoul because you have to remember that the promises of God, his assurance as opposed to insurance, because he gives it freely. Be not afraid nor dismayed. For I am with you, whithersoever thou goest. And David writes in the psalm, it doesn't matter if I go to the highest mountain, you're there. If I go to the deepest sea, you're there. If I go and make my bed in shale, hell, you're there. Wherever we go, God is with us. And again, let me remind you and, and help you understand this. And he's not just talking about a physical location as in geography or topography in the map. God is talking about wherever we go, whatever we're in, whatever is happening in our lives. You're on a joyful mountaintop. You're in a very dark, sad valley, lost a loved one, God shares with us. God is there with us. And he loves us so much that he is there with us wherever we go. And he will not leave us nor forsake us. 
And remember, there's, uh, there's, it's really important to know this. He's not just going to walk off and leave us walking on our own and, and we're left spinning in circles because God doesn't do that. Now, we may separate ourselves, but God doesn't leave. God is there. And he will not forsake us. He's not going to walk us right into the midst of something or we're walking together and we get involved in this. We get caught up in this thing that happens in this plane of existence, it often does, and it's not a pleasant experience, or we're not, but God's not just going to walk away and leave us on our own to do to deal with it, because God will not forsake us. He is Abba Yahweh, our Heavenly Father. He loves us, and this is something that we must share with others. We can't just leave it in our thought process. This is part of being about our Father's business, to share the knowledge of his love. Faith lets us know that that love is real. It's deep. It's undiscernible. We can't figure out how deep it is, but faith tells us and reminds me that God's resources are innumerable. We can't count them. We can't begin to comprehend when he pours this out and he shares with us in the scripture, says, for those that love the Lord, he said, he's going to open up the windows of heaven and just pour out blessings because that's the kind of God he is. That's the kind of God he is. He loves us so much and he will do this because of his love for us. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers. Am I going out? Am I coming in? Every day. Be blessed.